and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on an absolutely miserable Tuesday outside. We welcome you to the program and talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you uh, spending some of your morning time here well into the afternoon, early afternoon with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up this way. We will start by uh, conversing on the Big 12, basketball-wise, football-wise, with our friend Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports. Go around the Big 12, maybe take a quick preview of some of their bowl opportunities, a lot on basketball, with Matt Postens to kick off the hour. Connor Orr, who I've never spoken with before, uh, have you... I have not, no. Uh, he was the one, the Sports Illustrated writer, the piece we re- referenced yesterday about rebuilding Brock Purdy uh, and what he went through between his final collegiate game until being drafted uh, in the NFL and now what we saw this past Sunday starting against Tom Brady and those Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what the, he, what they did to his mechanics, etc., to help him be more prepared for the NFL level, including adding an additional five miles per hour uh, to his passing attempts. So we'll speak with Connor Orr, who wrote the piece it published over the weekend. It's a good read. We posted it at the Miller & Condon Twitter account, if you'd like to read that in advance, or just read it anytime, quite honestly, if you're a football fan, Cyclone fan. Um, it's it's a good read, what he went through, what he was willing to do, and the changes he made, and look where he's at. So Connor Orr will talk about that, as well as the NFL. After all, he is one of Sports Illustrated's stable of NFL guys. And then Wade Looking, Bill, on the Hawks, and in particular, when Peyton Sanford, who we watched play a gazillion games in high school, um, is to, you know, uh, what do you do? What, what, do, what does uh, Fran McCaffrey, what does the player himself do to try and get himself out of this funk that has fallen upon him for the better part of a month now? Monday Night Football comes and goes. Mr. Monday Night has another score, but one in the win column. Uh, but we have to start with uh, the sad passing of Mike Leach, who suffered a, um, what now knows, a massive fatal heart attack over the weekend. Was out with The brain was without oxygen for 10 to 15 minutes. Sounds like life support. And once the family got there and paid their respects, etc., um, well, the result was is he's passed away. So very sad, but boy, oh boy, uh, some of the tributes, some of the stories, mm-hmm. some of the memories that seemingly everybody has a memory of Mike Leach if you crossed his path at any point uh, in his career. And you know what? They're funny to read. I mean, you hate to say that yeah. after your guy's passed, right? But just his sense of humor will live on, and so will, as Bob Stoops put it, how he changed the Big 12 with his air raid offense, and you either recruited to uh, to counter it or to go against it. And um, you know, remember those days when all oh, all they do is there's no defense in the Big right. Twelve. Nobody plays defense. Well, but in part because of the offense that Mike Leach brought to it. As innovative of a coach as we've seen in college football and football in general in a very long time. I mean, look at what the NFL has turned into, and at least a fingerprint of that has to come from Mike Lee, mm-hmm. showing that you can win at the highest levels, that you can go in and have a team ranked in the top five in the country and beat number one Texas in that epic game with Michael Crabtree, <laughs> and doing it yeah. in the outpost of West Texas and Texas Tech, right. and having them win at that kind of level. He won at incredibly difficult places. He's got a connection here to Iowa. Yeah. Him and Hal Iowa Mummy Wesleyan. Yeah. hanging out at Iowa Wesleyan. I mean, just down at Mount Pleasant, just doing mm-hmm. their thing. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, moved on and eventually ended up in Kentucky. Well, you're right, Trent. I mean... The the places where he had the head, I mean, 
It's not exactly the you know the the, the plum spots where nope. you want to get Texas Tech, Lubbock, Texas, Starkville, and, and Starkville, and Pullman, Washington for uh, Washington State. I mean, eesh. but um, and he won it every place, and he won it every place, and it didn't take him long to win it every place. Absolutely. And his final game will be the Egg Bowl on uh, on Thanksgiving night, where they walked off the field victorious. Yeah, just being Lane Kiffin, an incredible person. Just so interesting, mm-hmm. so thoughtful yeah. on anything from candy. Anything. <laughs> candy to, corn. Candy corn. <laughs> to marriage. Marriage. He had a lot of thoughts on that. He had a lot of thoughts on everything. It's just, it's, he's just, he was just a... One of a kind. One, I was just, you took the words right yes. out of my mouth. And, and it gets thrown around. This is one of a kind. They broke, a, broke the mold yes. with him. Yes, they did. An incredibly thoughtful like him. person. A person that graduated from law school. Right. And Pepperdine. Got his master's degree for crying out. This is a bright individual. Played rugby in college at BYU. Huh. Just all over the map. Uh-huh. He marched Didn't to the beat of his own Didn't want to practice law. Nope. Wanted to coach football. And off and to Iowa Wesleyan he went. <laughs> and look at the career that yeah. he had. 61 years, obviously way too soon. Oh, God. There was a lot more stories, a lot more thoughts, a lot more mm-hmm. goofiness that could have come out from Mike Leach. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was always jealous when Chris and Ross in the afternoons had him on. Just because he's oh, so did goofy. they? I didn't realize. Yeah, that. they they did an interview with him before the Washington State Iowa State game. I believe oh, it was. sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before the Alma Bowl. Alma Bowl, right? Yeah, and just would have loved to have that mm-hmm. opportunity. Never been to Big Twelve Media Days, and mm-hmm. never had the chance when he was in the Big Twelve mm-hmm. to just have what you've talked about. Before. I did, and I'm glad I did. Just hearing him off yeah. the cuff and he just not commanded knowing. the room. I mean, you, but you, you, if you had other planned meetings, you, you changed them. You wanted to be a part of that, just to listen. You never know what he's going to say. I was listening last night to the podcast with Forty yeah. and Wetzel, yeah. and they were uh, just talking about, especially when he was at Washington State, and he'd be walking home every night after work, yeah. and it'd be, you know, for Forty, I think Louisville is at East Coast time. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. And it'd be that's where he lives. 40. It'd be late at night, uh-huh. and well, here's Mike Leach, and I got to take the call. And it'd be a couple of questions, and they mm-hmm. talk about anything from blackjack to poker to anything, whatever else came up. Uh-huh. And he knew he would be on the phone on the phone for an hour, and it would never happen with any other coach in college football. Right? It's hey, you need something here. Here's five minutes. Right? Yeah, but as, I'll as give Lane you ten. said, there's no such thing as a quick phone call with Mike Leach. And he's just walking yeah. and talking. There was a there was a young at the time, and I don't remember the woman's name. She's now covering college football, but she was a you know fresh out of college young reporter. That that went to Pullman and wanted to interview Mike Leach and found out that he walks to and from work. Mm-hmm. So she asked, him, "Can I walk with you?" And his response was, "Sure, wear comfortable shoes, though." You know? <laughs> I mean, Lane Kiffin, uh, Lane Kiffin, um, Lincoln Riley talking about you know Leach getting on the phone and as he said, "There's no, there's no such thing as a quick phone call." And he he talked and talked and talked and then finally the phone call ended. And Leach picked and closed his flip phone at the time and opened his flip phone and called back again mm-hmm. and continued on for, you know, another period of time. And at the end of the conversation, Lincoln Riley just went, who the hell are you talking to? I really don't know. It was a wrong number. <laughs> and he called the person back because he wasn't finished talking to this one. He had more. Yeah, I have no idea who it was. It was, it was the wrong number. Just he, wild. When he got the Mississippi State job, they have a new baseball stadium there. And the new baseball stadium has kind of these apartments, condos overlooking and so they. Wow, who are those for? Well, players? I mean, that's kind of what Iowa State is talking about building with the Pollard and Light District is something kind of similar you know, to I that. You know, I could look at those plans. I did not know that. Yeah, there's condos involved in it. I knew there was condos, yeah. but they're overlooking a field? Well, I don't know about that part, but okay. in the area. Okay. But uh, these were, yeah, right by the baseball stadium. 
And after a couple months, I said, you know, yeah, move out. He's like, I don't want to. <laughs> well, it's been sold. Like <laughs> all these condos have been sold. You can't just stay here. He goes, but I want to. Yeah. And eventually he built a house and it, been, it was a lot further away from campus than his place in Pullman. So he was not able to, to walk to, to work. walk because I think it was like 10 miles outside of town, mm. something like that. So I had somebody that picked him up. He didn't drive, didn't like driving mm. and would when he had to. But for the most part, every morning, somebody pick him up, drop him off yeah. back at home when he was there in Starkville the last couple of seasons. So he didn't coach at Iowa. He didn't coach at Iowa State. Coached against Iowa State, we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and against Iowa. And did uh, Where at? The Alma Bowl. Kirk Ferentz's first bowl game. That's right. Because I had some Texas Tech You were Tech there, right? Oh, yes. I had Texas Tech fans behind. That was the behind. Kyle McCann game. Oh, Leach, get a kick a field goal. You boys watch. Leach, Leach kicked the field goal here. These guys were John. They had a lot of booze in them. Well, mm. we did too, but right. had a good time. Yeah, Leach was there for that one too. Mm. But point being is um, just just the memories. I mean, is there... I hate to say it. I'm not going to stop. I've got to finish now. Is there another college football coach that passed that we would that would be getting the outpouring of love, support, well wishes, condolences? No. It's, it's hard to imagine, yeah. right? Because of the personality. Because of his personality. Because Coupled with... And he won. A football acumen. Yeah. And doing things and he changed the game. Yes, he absolutely mm-hmm. did. Not just college football. Not no. just the Big 12. No. Football as we know it. Mm-hmm. He is a huge, huge part of that. And the passing offenses, you go on a Friday night, you watch high school football, right. there are a lot of teams that are chucking it around now. Yeah. And that influence, you can go back 20 plus years ago to Leach and what he first did at Oklahoma and make it his way to Texas Tech. Mm. Well, we'll talk to Matt Postens about that here, et cetera, coming up here uh, at the bottom of the hour. Uh, let, let's stay in coaching. This is from one extreme to the other. Um, and, and boy, oh boy, it sure seems to me that... Did you recruit the um, arrest report, or the Chris Beard arrest report? Hideous. It's awful, Trent. And um, I, I get his defense attorney's going to come on and take his side and blah, 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 as we as we passed along yesterday. Um it's it's not good. No. Um, you know, the police are involved. The first thing that pops in your mind is, is unfortunately, is was this the first time, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. you, you just, you don't know. Uh, but you, when there's domestic abuse like this, you just wonder how many times before uh, the victim, finally, that was their breaking point. So I'm sure that will come out. But then Leach, uh, then Leach um, Beard goes on to say, well, I've got um, audio tapes that show that um, I was not the aggressor in this. Well, can we have them? No. Well, what? You, you don't want, you're telling me that this can prove, air quote, in your mind, your innocence, and you're not going to share those? Well, I mean, if handing over your phone to the authorities and something like this, I understand that. I mean, there's there's probably a lot on there. I I have no problem with that. I mean, but you can send the messages, or you can send the. Uh, I would talk to my lawyer first. Well, maybe that's what they're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, I don't see fair. that as damning as. Because I, I heard some people make that point. Well, I'd pump the brakes on that a little bit. Yeah, I, I see. I see your point. That's a conversation. But after the, if, if there is something, oh, if it clears you, then yes. let's let's get that out there. Right. But we we don't. If it's if it stays the way we know the story today, how does he ever coach again in Texas? You can't. I don't think he can. Well, and on top of it, you have a player for Texas right now, Arterio Morris, who is dealing with similar charges against him. He's been playing for Texas this year. Mm. Incoming freshman, this June, he was arrested mm. for similar charges, uh, arrested in early June. Now, this was a misdemeanor assault, but with his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And he's playing right now. I, Look, there's going to be a lot of people, I'm going to guess, on that campus. Morris, I think, actually has his court 
date is either this week or next. Mm. I mean, talk about just a crazy confluence of events mm-hmm. there as the, just the timing of it. You have Morris playing. If you allowed Beard back, yeah, that is going to get I mean, and they you remember right here thing. on a local level, Pierre Pierce and Steve Alford. Yeah, I do. And how ugly that it was. was terrible. We're talking about some yeah, of the circumstances awful. down there in Texas. Especially the way it panned out. How do you think this ends? Well, I think he's no. I don't think he'll ever coach again in Texas. I just don't. Yeah. I mean, he can't do I, that. Unfortunately, I don't know if that's going to be the case. He just can't do it. Well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Let's get to sports, shall we? Yes, that sounds Played great. on the field or um, between the lines. Uh, last night's uh, Monday night game was not the greatest, let's put it that way. Next week, they had another stinker, Rams and the Packers. But you know what? Did, and I forgot about this. Monday night football next year has a flex component yes, to it. Yes, they do. Which is absolutely Way overdue, Mm -hmm. and thank God that we're about to embark on this. And I know that, I don't know what ESPN paid extra for this, but the fact that you're going to be able to flex out of some of these stinkers, I mean, I get Sunday night football is now the pinnacle, right? Mm -hmm. It's the pinnacle. Wasn't too long ago, it was Monday night football. Oh, yeah. And it's still a pretty important time slot. Thursday night will never, ever, in my opinion, take the place of Monday night football. No. As far as status. Sure. I mean, the players, they watch Monday Night Football. The league watches Monday Night Football. It's how the week culminates. It's how the week culminates. For for people that like to bet, it's your last chance to get even or even worse. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Monday Night's been on the right side. You are, and you had another one last night. But um, it was a stinker last night. So what does this mean for the playoffs now? It, it means that the Patriots are in for the time being. Mm-hmm. They have the seven seed. Do you know what they play in the first round? Take on the Chiefs. That'd be great. It would be. But you know who's gonna? They're gonna fight for that seven seed. The Chargers and the Jets. Don't forget about the Jets in there. Yeah, too. but look at the schedule. Find me a loss on the remainder of the Chargers schedule. On the the, the Los Angeles Chargers. This organization. You think this team's winning out? <laughs> I on this hill. You've died on one. I'm picking this one for me. The Chargers are going to win out against the Titans. Yes. At the Colts. Yes. The Rams. Yes. And at the Broncos. Yes. The the Chargers. I know. Not not the Bills, not the Chiefs, not the Bengals. So Staley costs them a game. I'll I'll be fair. Okay. He makes a boneheaded decision to whatever. It doesn't take a whole lot to jump to that. No. Fourth and eight from his own 20, he's going. (laughs) Well, my my chart says I got to go here. So he's going to go. Now look at the Jets' schedule. All right. The Jets, they've wrapped up here. They have. So can we agree three and one is worst case scenario? No. You can't? No, not with this team. If they were called anything else, could you agree that that's worst case scenario? Maybe not anything else, but. There's other teams that I could buy that. Okay. And it's the NFL. Come on. I know, but it sure seems they'll be favored in all of them? Yeah. Okay. Jets, conversely. Lions this week. What a fun Tough. game. That'd yes. be a flex to Monday That night. should be a flex, right? Chargers. Uh-huh. Excuse me, the Jaguars. Jags are playing well. Jags are playing well. Look what they did last night. Go or to last s- week, rather. Jets go to Seattle. Uh, tough trip yeah. across the country. Seattle's going to need it for their playoff... Diminishing playoff hopes. And then to the Dolphins, and we'll see what it means for them at that point. Mm-hmm. That's tough. That is tough. That's best case scenario, 2-2? Two 2-2 and two? Two and two sounds right. So that gets them to 9-8. and eight. Patriots, do them. The Pats wrap up this week at the Raiders. Not easy? No, they're staying Short, out on the West Coast. Short that's, turnaround. That's true, but they're not flying home. They're staying in, uh, they're staying in Arizona. Home for Cincinnati. Tough. Home for Miami. 
Tough. At Buffalo. Oh, God. I mean, that's the most Buffalo's difficult. Buffalo's playing for the one far. seed. Yeah, I mean, Miami, or excuse me, New England, by far of these three teams. So we think it's going to be the Jets and the Chargers for the seventh seed. And you think the Chargers are winning out? I do. Now, full disclosure, got a bunch of money bet on them. <laughs> Need them. If they win out, they might even jump up to the they from could, the seven because to the that would be eleven. That would be eleven wins. Yeah, eleven and six. Mm-hmm. If they win out, did that feel like at any point that this team might get to eleven and six? No, you? absolutely did it. not. They were circling the drain. All yeah. those injuries, and it still doesn't. It does to me, man. They're getting Bosa back in a couple of weeks. I think Justin Herbert is as fine of a young quarterback, not named Mahomes. Where do you can put we have him? the guy win something first? No, what for? Joe Burrow hasn't won anything. I think he's the best player well, he in the league. He just won an AFFC championship well, and went okay, into Kansas you, City. And won a- I, I get that, but where's, did you get a parade for winning an AFC championship or winning in Kansas City? You should in Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, you probably should. Speaking of crappy organizations. Not as bad as they once were, but yes, they once were the, the brunt of all jokes. Yes. Um, I like Justin Herbert a lot. I think he's a really good quarterback, and he's a tough SOB. I think he's you tough. have to be at that to play that position in the league. Twenty-one touchdowns, seven interceptions, thirty-seven heart. So where does he points. rank? He's behind Josh Allen. He's behind Patrick Mahomes. Forget Brady and, and Rogers for, the, for okay. this conversation. I mean, so those guys are old. Mahomes, you like him better than Lamar Jackson? No, you don't. No, do you like him better than Tua? Yes. Um, Joe Burrow? No. I don't like him better than Burrow. Do you like him better than Hurts? No. Maybe not this year. Hurts going to be the MVP. Yes. He's still getting a plus 105. Do you like him better than Brock Purdy? (laughs) Got to put him in there. How about Dak Prescott? Yeah. I like him him a lot better than Dak Prescott. Dak's not playing well. No. No. I I took a look at his numbers uh, not too long ago, and I was kind of surprised how unimpressed I was by the numbers Mm -hmm. from Dak. And certainly lately, after he's come back from injury, has not been... The big upgrade mm-hmm. that you'd anticipate he was going to be. Are we missing a young quarterback? I don't think we are. No, I think we got most of the group there. So you want you like Herbert more than Joe Burrow? No, Joe Burrow is my favorite player in the league. Okay, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, and then and then I would go Herbert. I like Hertz. Trevor Lawrence is showing something. No, he's coming to life. I agree with that. I agree with that. That's the young quarterback we missed. But yeah, with Tua, yeah, he's above him. Mm-hmm. Nobody really I think the Chargers have a chance, Trent. I think the Chargers have a chance, and I wouldn't have said that. Well, now you just need to put together a correlated parlay. Every week, just bet the Chargers' money line. Over four weeks, you're going to make big money here. No, it's not a bad idea. That's actually a really good idea. Spe- I hate betting individual games, but mm-hmm. that's a pretty good way of doing it. Say you put, you're making a $50 bet. Yeah. You just start roll it over. And just keep rolling it mm-hmm. over. By the end, that's going to turn into, mm, I don't know, 250 300 bucks. I would think so. Not too bad. Well, you can also bet win totals right now at DraftKings. You can bet still over under. Win totals. And win what's, totals. What's the charges? Ten and a half? Let me bring it up here because I was, well, had a free bet. So, you know, I'm doing like you do yeah. now. And when I get a free bet. Bet a future. Bet a future, right? Bet Who a did you work. bet it on? I haven't yet. Still, so I had one that expired on Saturday, and I had to bet one hundred and fifty dollars on a single bet. So what did I do? Chargers again? No. Oh, good. Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. What did you get them at? Bad. Buck fifth minus a buck fifty-two. Yeah. I had to lay a lot. I think I did that. But it was free. It was before the championship games, and I got them at minus one. It was like minus one eighteen or something like that. No, no, they were minus one fifty two at Bed Rivers. All right, here we go. Win yeah. totals for this season. Uh, scrolling through, here is your 
LA Chargers. So this will go you. This this will tell us what our, the exercise we just did. Mm-hmm. What air quote Vegas uh, thinks of our little exercise. They currently have seven wins. Yeah, nine and a half is. The I'd number. go over. You'd go over with you, complete and utter confidence. Minus one twenty. Okay, is what you're looking at. What there. are the Jets? All right, let's scroll through here a little bit more and bring up the Jets because you know, the Jets. Schedule is not as difficult as New England, right? I mean, the the comp yeah, between this I two. Agree. There's tricky games in there, but it's not overly ridiculous. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll roll down here. Let's get back to team futures and regular season wins for the Jets. Nine and a half, also, Again. but plus money on the over. Okay, plus one seventy five. Yeah, if you go the over on them, and then the Patriots got to be. Um, I think it's eight, eight and a half. half. Let's get down to New England. It is eight and a half, the over minus 105, under minus 115. Um, what are the what are the what are the Chiefs? Kansas and then the Bills. Because I think the Bills still have to play Cincinnati. The Bills is 13 and a half. Yeah. But the over is plus two hundred. You get two to wow. one at that price. If they go over. So that'd be winning out though. Would it make more sense financially? To again roll that over. This is what we're talking about, kind of the correlated parlay mm-hmm. that you're building. Just bet that amount that you were going to bet anyway on this prop, but bet it each and every week. Usually, I mean, nine times out of 10, you'll make more money doing it that way as opposed to just playing in the market. So they are, again, 13 and a half, but plus 200 for that. Let's scroll down, try to find Kansas City there. They are also 13 and a half, plus 135 for them if you take the over. So that's basically winning out for both of them. Mm-hmm. Winning and, out. And they believe that there's an easier pathway for the Chiefs to win out than there is for Cincinnati for uh, Buffalo to win out. No, they say yes, yeah, because of right, the price, yeah. Right. The, the 2 to 1. Mm-hmm. But I think I might be more willing to buy Kansas City. Well, I think I'd be more willing because the uh, Bills got to go to Cincinnati on Monday night. Yes, they have final Monday night game of the year, difficult. regular season. Bills still have remaining here. Miami this week. That's a Saturday night game. At the Bears. Yeah. Weather, goofiness. Yeah, but they're close. They're they're used to weather. At Cincinnati, as you mentioned, that Monday night game. And then they finish against what uh, team in their division? The Patriots. But if the Chiefs lose another game, they have it wrapped up. That's a good point. If the Chiefs lose another game. Right. I know the Chiefs still have... The Chiefs have a cakewalk, don't they? They have a very easy schedule. Do you have it? I do. So for Kansas City, here is the... Kansas City Chiefs schedule remaining. It is this week at the Texans. Win. Home for Seattle, who's going the wrong way. Win. Home for the Broncos. Win. And at the Raiders. Win. Ah, that would be the one. That would be the one. That would be the one, right? If they are going to trip up, it would be in... um, Do you have Week 18 schedule? I do. Let's get this up, because they're going to flex a game. (laughs) I like this little exercise. I do, too. What game is going to be flexed? Which one makes... They need. The they want. Important. They want two teams. They want drama. I got it for you. Okay, hang on. Let me get it in front of me before I go through it. I just want to go through it in my head. And it's not the game that you're thinking it's okay. going to. Oh, be. I'm not thinking of any of them yet. Okay. I haven't even looked at it. Cincinnati, Baltimore is on the list. Don't tell me if that's yours or not. I would. Ju- I'm just starting at the top and yep. working my way down. Baltimore, Cincy could be for the north of the AFC. Chiefs, Vegas. Maybe Vegas gets hot now. They shouldn't have lost this last weekend. I would guess Buffalo and Kansas City might be both playing for the one seed that final week, and they'll both play in the 3 o'clock window if it plays out. Because they like those teams that are also kind of playing for the same thing to play at the same time, and they'll move around the schedule to make that work. Um, Giants, Eagles? 
don't think so. I think the Eagles, the Eagles have are home free. Up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tennessee, Jacksonville, no. Dallas, Wa- Dallas, Washington has some buzz. That's on the list. Possibly. That's, that's on the list. That's a possibility. Yes. Not I'm the one I'm thinking about though. There's, there's still one that I, I it's, it's not Cincinnati and Baltimore. It's, that, uh, that's the one that makes the most sense. I, I think that's the one that makes. I'm sense. diving. Okay, there. hang on. I want to, I want to try and figure this out. I'm dumpster diving here. You're dumpster diving. It's not Tampa Bay, Atlanta. It is. It's Tampa, Atlanta. Atlanta's a game back. That very well could of be. Of winning? What, uh, who won the first game? Great question. Let's look here. Da, 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 scrolling back. They played October 9th, and that was a Tampa win. So Atlanta's at home to get the split. Mm. To get to 7-10? Mm-hmm. Very well could do it. Mm-hmm. Down the radar quite a ways, but a real yeah, possibility. That's not bad. So they're going to, they, at least. Because they, there'll be nothing else tied to that if it gets to that point. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to worry about the rest of the AFC, or the NFC South. Say Carolina, you know, isn't in it. Very easy. Put that game out there, win it in, and yeah. you get a home playoff game and on you get top a home of it. Playoff. What about, uh, this wouldn't be for a home playoff game because Philadelphia is going to win. See, the Commanders in Dallas got a little Mm-hmm. Maybe to it, possibly a little maybe to it, but it very well could be that Dallas is locked in as the five seed, the best wild card team, mm-hmm. and they're going to the NFC South winner, and that's already locked in, and mm-hmm. they're not playing for anything, right. right? But if there's one team playing for a playoff bid, they like to put that in there sometimes too. Do you think Baltimore Cincinnati could be for the North? That, that's the most likely I think one. Yeah, so I, that that would put Cincinnati in back to back prime time because the final yeah. week seventeen is Monday Night Football against the Bills. Week eighteen, here comes the Ravens. Wow. The Queen City. At night in January. Yes, please. The coldest playoff game in history. 1980 AFC Championship game. Wind chills. Was it colder than the ice bowl in 66? The wind chill, I think, was something like minus And you know what it was? Correct me if I'm wrong. I think I've got this right. The old guy. They played Miami? They played the Chargers. They played the Chargers, who the week before... Yes, Played in Miami, and that was they a went from 80, to 80 degrees and high humidity yep. to that, which would have been an absolute bet against with as much as you can cut uh, mm. cobble together, right? Yeah, that's what it was. Ken Anderson taking the Bengals to the Super Bowl. Wow. They lost for one of two games to San Francisco. Yeah, unreal. History lesson with the old men here today. <laughs> we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Matt Postens will join the program on the Big 12. We'll do some hoops with him. What's he seen so far? as well as uh, uh, some uh, football with Matt Postens and maybe a little Cowboys talk. About that. We're going to shoot a gun here. So what are we doing? We are giving away to one of our fine listeners a gift certificate to Berkwood Farms and possibility of, you love the Christmas ham, right? I, I mean, love it. That's a your forefront every single time. Uh, last year, I got mine at Berkwood Farms on Southeast, is it Southeast 14th? Is that where it is? Where's the, what's, what street's the old Kmart on? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you do. It's off. Of, I I think it's Southeast Fourteenth. Okay, I'll take your or word second. For it. No, it's Fourteenth. So you get off eighty thirty five and you go north towards Ankeny, and it's on the right hand side. Couple lights up. Anyways, okay. it's there. Um, you'll find it. You know why? 
You've got that machine yeah, in your phone. The, the Google machine. The Google machine. It just punches it right this. in. I miss the old days. No, I don't. No. We'll take a time out. We're going to go on Facebook Live. We are, yeah. We'll be shooting for Ron coming up here. Ron Fernow. We will shoot for him, try to win him a big prize from Berkwood Farms coming up here. And you can check us out. Just go to KXNO, the Facebook page, and you'll watch us live over there. Can you get the gun today? You get the first well, shot. Well, I should because I'm wearing my authentic brand KXNO sweatshirt. Oh, nice. And yes. that'll look awful good on Facebook Live. No doubt about it. We'll do that during the break. We'll come back. Matt Postens will be here. It's Miller and Condon. We're underway on a Tuesday, a nasty Tuesday at that. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Three. Call one eight hundred. Bets off. Now back to Middle and Condon on one hundred six point three KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX. No Trent Condon, Ken Miller here until 1 o'clock. Uh, by the way, just had a uh, UPS driver call in during the break and said he was driving on 235 North mm-hmm. towards Ankeny. And there's that, uh, the, those billboards. I think it's just past the Euclid exit. Oh, yeah, yeah. The revolving billboards. Mm-hmm. And he said that um, one of them, there was a tribute to Mike Leach already up on it oh, wow. in Des Moines. Uh, oh. Swing your sword, apparently. So I wonder who that came I have from. no idea, but mm. my gosh. I mean, it was just announced that he passed away this morning, right? right? And, and of all places in Des Moines, that's up. So anyways, pretty cool. He had an impact, no doubt. Yes. Matt Postens covers the Big 12 for Heartland College Sports. Uh, Matt, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. We want to cover, obviously, a lot of basketball, a lot of uh, bull speculation with you. It's uh, how the games are going to shake out. But uh, let's start with Mike Leach. You covered the Big 12 for a long time. Did you cross paths with Coach Leach at any time? You know, it's funny. Uh, in all the work that I've done in sports over the last 30 years, my paths never crossed with Mike Leach. Wow. Uh, it's really kind of strange. I was, when he was here at Texas Tech, I was doing a lot of NFL, so we really didn't cross paths. When I got back into covering college football, he had already left for Washington State, so, um, we never personally crossed paths, but I mean, you know, his, I know a lot of people who met him whose paths crossed with him and they, they always had nothing but respect and nothing but affection for, for him as a coach and as a person. And, you know, on this day, now that he's passed away, you know, the, the impact on this game from his perspective is pretty incredible. Yes, he, it is. He helped revolutionize the offensive side of the game in college football, and he started with Hal Mummy at Iowa Wesleyan yep. so many years ago and carried that offense all the way through to Texas Tech. And, his principles are now used in the NFL. They're now used in high school football. They're now used in peewee football. You know, for if you if you got a five year old that can throw the ball, they're probably running the air raid offense. Uh, it's really incredible when you think about. You know, he never won a championship, never won a national championship, but you'll see his impact in a couple of weeks when TCU's in the field because Sonny Dykes was one of his protégés sure. at Texas Tech. So it's a it's a sad day for those of us who love college football and love coaches who do things their own way and in their own way get rewarded for it. 
And he certainly was that. He was a fun one, great to listen to, always had stories and, and a different kind of breed. That is for sure. One of a kind in Mike Leach. We turn our attention to the future of the Big 12, and he has certainly changed it. And the narrative still today, even as defenses have improved and the conferences change, that narrative still out there. I want to go to the future, though, and the reports from the last couple of days, Brett McMurphy was one of them that I saw, Dennis Dodd also reporting about the possibility of Texas and Oklahoma exiting, not this upcoming season, not 2023, but 2024. That is when the Big Ten will be adding USC and UCLA. That is when the 12-team college football playoff will go into effect. Where are we right now? I know the money that would be owed if they would leave early, something in the range of $86 million a year, probably negotiated down. What you're hearing in Big 12 circles, the likelihood that this will, this upcoming season will be the last for Texas and OU. Well, the last thing that Yormark said to us publicly, I think, was back in October, and that was when he said that Texas and Oklahoma were committed to remaining members through the end of the grant of rights. Uh, there was no, there were no questions about Texas and Oklahoma at the Big 12 championship game because there wasn't any chatter about it at the time. Mm. Uh, obviously, it sounds like they've continued to have these conversations in the background, and I think the fact that the playoff has now expanded for right. 2024, yep. I think that's kind of the impetus for this. I think now everybody's okay. Okay, we have a solidified time frame for when the playoffs are going to expand. Let's see if there's a way for us to kind of get the the pieces arranged around the chessboard where we can get Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC a little bit early uh, and things like that. I, I, I personally think for the for the Big 12, I I wouldn't settle for anything less than what you're owed within a reasonable manner. Remember, there's two things here. There's the grant of rights. That's part of it. But they owe an exit fee on top of that, and that is regardless of when they leave, if they leave in 23, 24, or 25, there's an exit fee involved. So there's two separate fees involved in this. I don't think the grant of rights is going to get negotiated down. I think if anything gets negotiated down, it's going to be the exit fee because that's a little bit more malleable, I think, in the contract language. The grant of rights is the grant of rights. I think they're going to owe that money regardless, and I think that's the 70 to $80 million you referenced. There's an exit fee on top of that. That's the part where I think there could be some negotiation. But if I'm the Big 12, I, I squeeze every last penny out of the two of those schools for all the pain and the frustration they caused the conference over the past year and a half, even though the conference seems to be in really good shape moving forward. Well, but there was one nugget in that story that I thought was really interesting that Texas and Oklahoma were not in favor of expanding the conference while they were still members. And I'm like, y'all think you can still make decisions? <laughs> oh boy, that's <laughs> a lot of nerve. <laughs> really that's is. Texas and Oklahoma, that's how they are. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe the sooner they're out of the conference, the better. Uh, you know, I don't think you're going to hear too many people pushing back and trying, you know, we've got to keep them. You know, we had this conversation yesterday. Uh, Trent Adam Lee, uh, you know, there's no way. You're, out, you're, you're all wet. Um, but she says a lot. <laughs> I think that the Longhorn Network has a little value in these negotiations. I don't know what it would be used for. Um, but the Big 12 is, is ESPN Plus, and Trent's 100% right that ESPN wants everybody to buy that subscription. Is there, is there any value in these negotiations to the Longhorn Network that still has a slot on DirecTV? For the Big 12 or for Texas? For, for the Big 12, yeah. The, the Texas throws it into the whatever negotiation, and we're, we're getting out of here, here's $40 million, and oh, by the way, the rights to the Longhorn Network. Is there any value in that? Uh-huh. I, I I don't think so. That's uh, right. Because if, <laughs> if you if, if you look at what Oklahoma has, Oklahoma has Sooner Vision. They've already folded Sooner Vision into ESPN Plus. Sooner Vision was a standalone on its own 
where you could find some of their women's basketball games and their baseball and their softball. That's now moved over to ESPN+. Plus. So even though it's on the Plus, you still have to have a subscription to Sooner Vision to get it. Oh, really? So, yeah. So to me, once the, Longhorn, once the Longhorns and the Sooners move over to the SEC and they get folded into that, all their stuff is going to get folded over into the SEC network. The only value that that might have to the Big 12 are the production trucks and the apparatus and stuff like that. But something tells me Texas will keep that for the uh, for the third-party sports and the ESPN Plus packages and all that. So I, I, I just don't see that being a – I don't see that being a negotiating tack for either side. Gotcha. Let's uh, go from there. Any more on the football side, Kenny? Uh, just a, just a real quick on the, the playoff preview. TCU, oh, yeah. um, Michigan. Michigan, I was dead wrong on them all year. Here they are unbeaten <laughs> and one of four remaining teams. Uh, can, what's it going to take? Can they win? Of course they can. But what's it going to take for, for the Frogs to get past uh, Michigan uh, in the playoff? You know, having watched Michigan the last couple of games, um, it's – They've been really good at finding a way to overcome, you know, the injury to Blake Corum. Uh, I think they've mm-hmm. got a really, really good defense. And now you got a month to game plan for TCU. And I think you saw Kansas State kind of do enough to control TCU's running game. And I think that's going to be the big key for both of these teams in this game is how they run the ball. Yeah, TCU runs the air raid. But Sonny Dykes said a while back that one of the reasons he brought Garrett Riley to TCU along with him from SMU is because he liked the run principles he installed in the air raid at Appalachian State. TCU wants to be able to bludgeon you with the run game in the fourth quarter, and they weren't able to do that against Kansas State because they were behind. So for me, for both of these teams, because they, they know how to run the football, they know how to run the football well, whoever's ahead in the fourth quarter really has a sizable advantage because of their ability to run the ball. So to me... Watching how both teams run the ball the entire game, knowing that both teams have two good run defenses, I think that's going to end up being the differentiator between who wins and who loses. And, you know, TCU certainly has a chance to run the football well. They've got a great vertical passing game. Michigan's going to have to account for that. That can create some space in the run game for them. Um, and I don't think there's a real size problem in terms of in the trenches. I think, uh, Mich- I think TCU and Michigan match up very well in that regard. I'm looking forward to a, a big game, a really, really good game between these two teams. Hope you are right. Before we get into the hardwood, Chris Beard, uh, just some absolutely harrowing details that came out from the police response uh, just the other night. Uh, fill us in on the details, and the question remains, what is Texas doing, and why did it take them until 90 minutes before tip before he was officially suspended? Lawyers. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's part of it. Um, so we wrote a story last night up on the site at Heartland College Sports, uh, kind of detailing what was in the police report. There's a Twitter link to the police report. I, w- I would urge people to go to that story, read the Twitter link. The allegations are there in black and white. And after I was done reading the police report, I said to myself, there's really no way Chris Beard can continue to be the head coach at Texas. Um, this is he, he, what he is alleged to have done is the very definition of, uh, you know, spousal abuse, however you want to put it. Um, the thing that really got me was the the choking, mm-hmm. you know, that he was alleged to have choked this woman for five seconds. Uh, that I, I know people who have been in those situations. I know people who have been raped, and they've always told me that that, that is something that's very personal if it happens to them. Um, when you have an athletic department in Texas where there are so many women that are employed there, mm-hmm. could Chris Del Conte, their athletic director, guarantee their safety? 
if Chris Beard has remained employed there, I, I just don't think he can. I, I don't see any reason. I don't see any way he can remain employed there. Um, I don't know why it took them so long to figure out the coaching situation last night. I had heard early in the day that it was going to be clear once he was suspended and definitely that Rodney Terry was going to be the coach that night. I don't know why it took them so long to 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 tell him that. <laughs> it seemed pretty logical to me that he was going to be the coach for at least that night. So um, they've got several days now until um, their game with Stanford on Sunday. I'm interested to see what happens, but I don't expect Chris Beard to be on the sideline anytime soon. Uh, your biggest surprise positive uh, so far in Big 12 basketball, and then uh, on the negative side, who's off on the wrong foot? Uh, let's see. Men's-wise, Kansas State's uh, the, the... Yeah, for sure. No, actually, no. West Virginia is actually a team I'm the most surprised okay. by on the men's Based side. on last year? Um, yeah. Yeah. Based on last year, uh, they've they've really come out of the gate and played well. Uh, they've had some teams that, or some players rather, that uh, have kind of stepped up and and played in ways that I wasn't expecting them to play. Um, you know, Bob Huggins said he really liked this team uh, at Big Twelve Media Day, and and to this point, you know, he's he's been shown to be accurate about that. They played very well. Uh, the team I'm most worried about right now is Oklahoma State. They've played a tougher schedule than most of the teams in the conference to this point, uh, but they went to Virginia Tech, uh, neutral site game with Virginia Tech last week and lost that game. Um, if you look at the history of teams in the Big 12, and I've already a piece about this over the holiday, you know, winning 10 or more games before you get into January is really kind of a determining factor as to whether you get into the postseason or not. And right now, Oklahoma is the only team on the board, uh, along with Oklahoma, that can't get to 10 wins before January begins. So, um, they're the team that I'm probably probably the most concerned about right now. You know, I'm I'm continually baffled by this, and it's something I've talked about on our TV show where we do all gambling all the time. Texas is, or excuse me, Kansas is still the third choice to win the regular season crown. I understand the absolute love with Texas and the talent they have, and mm-hmm. certainly before everything's happened the last couple of days. Baylor's still in front of them. You can still get the Jayhawks at plus two sixty to win the regular season crown, the defending national champion. Right now. Jalen Wilson might be the national player of the year. I mean, that's how well he is playing. Mm -hmm. Dick has been outstanding on and on and on. Why is Dick a one and dunner? Good question. That that's one for you, Matt. Dick a one and dunner. And why is it the national outpouring of love that I think there should be for the defending champion Jayhawks? I think going into the season, I, I was one one of those people. I you know was just I wanted to see how everything fell into place because. The really the only pieces they had coming back that played for the team last year, that played a lot for the team last year, were Jalen and Dewan Harris. Mm-hmm. They brought in Kevin McCullough, obviously a very experienced player, but he was going to need time to kind of get get into the groove of things. And then everybody else in that team was either brand new, like Grady Dick, or somebody who played last year but didn't play very much. And it's really come together, I think, a little bit quicker than Bill Self was thinking it would. Um, you know, Grady Dick to me is a one and dunner. He's exactly the kind of long athletic wing the NBA is looking for. He's come right out, come right out of the bat playing very well. You're right about Jalen Wilson. He's playing at an Ochai Agbaji level mm-hmm. from last year. He, he did exactly what Ochai did the previous year. He took the NBA feedback to heart. He's made his game better. Kevin McCullers starting to play a bit more offensive minded. Uh, but the real key right now, the real thing that I'm, I'm watching is K.J. Adams. He's an undersized forward. They kind of put him in that five position. But because they're, they're playing with so much pace right now, they're not really worried about having that, that you know, inside presence like a David McCormick or Odoka as a Bequay. 
they really like the idea of having an athletic five like K.J. Adams. And I think the way he played against Missouri, I think, showed me that he's starting to get more comfortable in his role, too. They just got Cam Martin back, who, by the way, was a Division II player of the year two years ago and redshirted last year. Hmm. They're starting to look like they're stacked. So I'm not a gambling person, but if 260 is a good value to get a team to win the Big 12 regular season title and it's Kansas, I'd probably go ahead and take it at this point. Because they they, they have experience winning that conference just a tad. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. Matt, if we don't talk to you, we probably won't next week, but we'll certainly be back with you in the the weeks to come. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy holidays to uh, you and everybody at Heartland College Sports. You guys are a great resource over there. Thanks, as always, for doing this, Matt Poston's. Hey, no problem, guys. Good Good to catch up with you. Take care. Matt Postens on the Big 12. Love, uh, one of my favorite guests uh, when it comes to that conference. Very well uh, knowledge, well read, and um, up to speed. John Gregory, Barnstormer coach. Remember the name? I do. Just to see that he passed away. How old would he have been? Did you read this? Mid 70s? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, right in that range. A lot of success. Oh, my gosh. He's Kurt Warner's coach, man. Mm -hmm. Um, we'll take a time out, come back, finish up the hour. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. All right, final minute of the first hour of the program, hour number two, Connor Orr from Sports Illustrated. Look forward to catching up with him. Did you read the piece, how they broke I him did. down, Brock Purdy, and he built him? Kind of reminds me of the uh, lead-in. Do you remember the Bionic Man? I remember the clip from... I don't remember the actual show, I'm but not yeah. sure I ever watched the show, but I yeah. remember the beginning oh, of absolutely, it. absolutely, yeah. We can rebuild him. It's iconic, right? Yeah. It kind of, you know... The, Kind of okay. It's a TV show, and it's Brock Purdy, and he's a quarterback. But they broke. They 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 took how he played college football and threw the football and all of his mechanics, and rebuilt him. And it had look at the effect that it's had. It's wild, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. The one thing that you and I both said they didn't have an arm. He's not going to play in the league. He doesn't have a strong enough arm to yep. do it. He's a nice college quarterback. I'm so glad to be wrong. And it's I would have bet a lot, lost a lot of money. <laughs> it's a great story. It is, and it really an is. easy family to root for. Yep. Yeah. I mean, watching his dad when they showed him in the stands and he's wiping a tear from his eye. My God. I mean, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it right now. Hour two next. Connor Orr, who wrote the piece at Sports Illustrated on the air quote new Brock Purdy, uh, will kick off the hour. Wade Looking Bill on Iowa and Big Ten basketball at 1230. Trent's Plays of the Day, sponsored by Circus Sports. Before we get out of here at 1, it's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX.